We've been talking about faith. This is the 10th week, I believe, we've been at this. uh, Teaching about faith and what it means to have faith where you can experience miracles in your life. Our verse has been Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 6, that says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Now, we've been telling about the account in Daniel, the third chapter. So now we're back to that. We're going to finish this up. Still won't be finished today, but we're going to be finishing it up. Uh, talking about these three guys. Three guys, they're, they're Jewish guys. The Bible tells us their names. I can't remember what it was. But they changed their names to their uh, Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's how everybody knows these guys, the story. So, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, sometimes we hear the, the three Hebrew children. They weren't children. These were grown men. They were rulers in uh, Babylon. Uh, had great favor from the king. Nebuchadnezzar really liked these guys. But there were guys who hated them. And they wanted to kill them. It's all about power. And uh, so they talked to Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar was a narcissistic psycho. This guy was a mess. He was a killing machine too. He ruled with fear. He ruled the known world at the time. Nebuchadnezzar. Babylon was like a locust. Just ate everything in front of its way. They'd conquered everything. That's why these guys were stuck in Babylon anyway. Because he conquered Jerusalem and brought them there. And uh, he was, uh, you know, if you ticked him off, he'd kill you in a heartbeat. I mean, this guy, life meant nothing to him. People were like flies, just squish him. So these guys thought, you know, they knew they were Jews and they would only worship God. So they got Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar, you know, you're so smart, you're so cool. And of course, Nebuchadnezzar believed all that. Yeah, I'm fabulous. So, so he says, you need to make this big idol. So they made this big idol. He says, and, and, and your majesty, you need to pass a law that anybody who doesn't worship your incredible image will be put to death. And of course, he's such a narcissist. Oh yeah, of course, he passes this decree. Well, now these guys thought, this is great, because we're going to kill these guys now. So they go to the king. These three guys won't worship your idol. Now, under any circumstance, Nebuchadnezzar would have just killed them on the spot. But he liked these guys. So he brings them in, and he reasons with them, and says, guys, listen to me. You need to worship the idol. I passed a law, and these laws, they could not uh, rescind. You know, these, they were like in stone, because they were almost godlike, these rulers. Uh, so they said, listen, if, if you don't worship this idol, I'm going to throw you alive into a fiery furnace. We're going to toast you alive. Pretty brutal way to die. And uh, so he pleads with them. He gives them a chance to change. That alone was a miracle. But... Uh, so these three guys listen to the king and then they make this response. We've been teaching on this response for weeks now. He says in channel, uh, Daniel the third chapter verse 17. He said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve, number one, is able to deliver us from it. Number two, he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But number three, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Now we've spent weeks talking about the first two. About how to get to a place where you believe God can do it. And that he will do it for you. But oftentimes we stop there. Most people who teach on faith stop there. They don't get to the third one. But the third one is as vital as the other two. And the third one is this statement where they said. But even if he does not. We will not bend. We will not bow. We will not be afraid. 
This is essential to be coming to a place of faith. In fact, if you don't shut off fear, you can't get to a place of faith. You say fear is the opposite of faith. It is the anti-faith. It will suck faith right out of you. You've got to get to the place where you are not afraid. Now there's lots of people who come to God praying and crying and panicking in a desperate situation. Many of you are often motivated to prayer because of something horrible that's happening in your life. But, and I know this is going to sound weird, but hear me out on this. A lot of what people call praying isn't really praying as so much as it is, as it is running in fear. You hear me? I'm like, pray for me. Oh, it's going to be horrible. I know it's going to happen. This is so terrible. It's just, please pray for me. And I got everybody praying for me and I'm praying. And I got 300 friends on Facebook and we're all praying. And we're praying because, oh, Pastor, I'm so, oh. Now we call it prayer. And we're directing it to God. But despite how it looks on the surface, it's not faith. It's running in fear. But we give a spiritual band-aid to it. But it's still fear. You are freaked. You are panicked. You are coming unglued. So we pray. Well, maybe not like that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but you're praying and you're praying. But, but it's just, you know, and you, well, why doesn't God show up? Why doesn't, because you are freaked out. Stop. Stop being afraid. You can't get to a place of faith. If you're afraid, well, Pastor, how do you shut off the fear? By doing what these guys did. They looked at the worst case scenario. Stared it right in the face and said, Okay, I don't care. I will not bend. I will not bow. I will not be afraid. They weren't fools. These were intelligent men. They knew Nebuchadnezzar. They were lucky to still even be standing talking to Nebuchadnezzar. They knew he meant it. They knew he was going to throw them into the fiery furnace. They believe God can save us. We believe God will save us. That he's willing to move on our behalf. But you can't get there until you look at the worst case scenario. And say but even if he does not. I will not bend. I will not bow. I will not be afraid. As long as you are afraid, you can't get to a place of faith. And I know some of you, you freak because of what might happen in your life. And some of it is scary. Some of you, your jobs are in a bad place. You might lose your job and you're already freaking out. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to lose our job. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be awful. Pray with me. <laughs> okay. But I don't think that really works that well when you're ah, freaking out. You got to stop freaking out. The number one thing you have to do when you're having a divine encounter is not be afraid. It's amazing how many times in the Bible an angel would appear and the first thing people would do is to freak out. Ah! And the very first words out of the angel's mouths were always, don't be afraid. You know, everybody thinks it'd be so cool to see an angel. You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool if you could see actually? Apparently, it's not so cool. Because people, ah! Even John, when he wrote the book of Revelation, had a vision of Jesus. Wouldn't it be great if you could see Jesus and everything? Apparently, it's not so cool. John turned, he sees Jesus. It freaked the willies out of him. 
The Bible says he dropped to the ground as though dead. His knees gave out his legs. He, he wrote in first place, I fell to the ground as if I had died. It scared the snot out of me. And the first words out of Jesus, don't be afraid. <laughs> Easy for you guys to say, okay? Whenever they were about to go into battle or God was going to do something, these guys would always say to them first thing, fear not. Why do you start there? Because if you don't start there, you can't stand in faith. You just run in fear. And there's a big difference between running in fear and standing in faith. You might be praying and calling it faith, but you're still just running in fear. I know it's going to happen. It's going to be awful. Oh, 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 we're going to lose all our money. It's going to be terrible. Oh, the doctor says I might die. Oh, I don't want to die. It's going to be horrible. Oh, my, my marriage is falling apart. It's going to be terrible. My kids are possessed of the devil or something. I don't know. It's just everything. Everything's horrible. I don't know. Pray with me. Pray with me. All my friends are praying for me. But you're not standing in faith. You're running in fear. You've got to stop. Say, Pastor, how do I shut it off? Look at the worst thing that can happen. You stare it in the face and say, I don't care. People, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? You die and go to heaven. So I don't want to die. I don't want to die either. I don't even like to suffer. Good Lord, it's worse than that. I don't even like to be inconvenienced. You know, you drive through Culver's and they don't get the order right. I'm having a fit. <laughs> Nobody likes to be inconvenienced. Nobody likes to suffer. Nobody wants to die. But if you're faced with that, even if it happens, you've got to be able to say, I don't care. I will not be afraid. I will not bend. I will not bow. I will not be afraid. I refuse to be afraid. Some of you are freaking out about your finances. What's the worst thing that can happen to you? So you're living in a van down by the river. So what? <laughs> Seriously, just relax. You're not going to die. So you don't have all the comforts you had before. Boo-hoo. You're going to spend your whole life, some of you spend your whole life in fear of what you might lose. I don't know, I hear you talk. I don't know what's going to happen here, and, and I don't know how I'm going to retire, and I don't, and I don't know this, and just oh, 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 and they're praying. <laughs> that's not faith. That's running in fear from a spiritual perspective. Stop running in faith. You got to stand in faith and quit running in fear. Stand in faith. I'm going to trust God. You know, the first time my wife got cancer, she had cancer, I don't know how long, 10 years, 11 years, whatever it's been now. And, uh, and it's a different cancer than what she has. It has totally, it's not connected at all, the doctors say. In fact, the one doctor said, boy, you're not very lucky. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, thank you, doc. But uh, uh, he says, boy, yeah, this has nothing to do with it. The first, now this one, she's gone through the camp. By the way, she's doing much better this week. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, but the first, you know, this one they're saying, yeah, we got it early. It's going to be, got to do the chemo, but we, we can nail this thing. It'll be great. The first one is you're toast. You're, you're going to die. More than likely you're going to die. I think if we do all this stuff that we want you to do, we probably can get you five years. Now that's not very encouraging. Okay. What's your first response? Fear. I get it. I'm not stupid. I get it. Fear. Fear grips your heart. 
And all these thoughts go, what are you going to do? It's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. She's going to die. And so suffering is going to be horrible. And then I'm going to be all by myself. And, you know, what, you know who's going to want to use Puerto Rican at this point, you know, in life? I mean, just, you know. <laughs> I'm going to be an old single man. And my life's going to suck. It's going to be horrible. You know, you get all these thoughts coming into your head. And you can run around and get all kinds of people to pray for you. I can go on Facebook. I got 48,000 40, fans on Facebook traveling around the world. I can get them all praying for me. But if I'm just running in fear, it's still not faith. You joining me in fear is not faith. You've got to stand in faith. And we looked at it. We said, you know what? Yes. The devil said, she might die. Uh-huh. Oh, it'll be awful. Uh-huh. You're going to be a single old man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I don't care. I get it. I will not bend. I will not bow. I refuse to be afraid. You got to be able to look at the worst scenario that's coming at you, stare it right in the face and say, I don't care. As long as you care, you're going to be afraid. You're going to lose all your money? Join me by, by the river. <laughs> we'll start a river ministry down there. It'll be awesome. It'll be great. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? Well, I'm sick. I might get sicker. Okay. I tell you, when you do that, it frustrates the devil to no end. Because he's trying as hard as he can to fill you with fear. Because fear is the opposite of faith. As long as he can keep you in fear, he doesn't care if you pray. He just giggles. <laughs> Looks like it's spiritual, but you're just running in fear. When you look at the worst, and when he comes up to you and goes, and you go, it drives him crazy. It drove Nebuchadnezzar crazy. These guys said, listen, God can deliver us from our hands. He probably thought, yeah, well, they're religious guys, yeah, yeah. God will deliver us. Yeah, it's idealistic, yes. But then when they looked at Nebuchadnezzar and said, hey, even if he doesn't, we will not bend. We will not bow. We will not be afraid. The Bible said then he became furious. The Bible says his attitude changed towards them. (laughs) A very nice way of saying it. He liked them, now he doesn't like them. He hated the fact that they weren't afraid. Here's a man who ruled by fear. Dominated the world through fear. Runs into three guys who refused to be afraid of him. It enraged Nebuchadnezzar. Next service, we'll take a look at what happens. But when you refuse to be afraid, and people think you're nuts. I remember when we got to the place where we thought, you know, worst case scenario, she dies an awful death and I'm all by myself. We're okay with that. But as soon as you do that and you refuse to be afraid, all of a sudden, faith pops out now. Now you're standing in faith. You're not running in fear. You're standing in faith. We started seeing answers to miracles. God changing situations and circumstances. And I don't know if you noticed, she's not dead. They were wrong. The doctor got mad at us. He's telling us, you know, this is going to be horrible. And we're sitting there smiling. He says, I don't think you're taking this seriously enough. We went, no, we get it. Dead. 
We had family members call us, chew us out. Oh, how you doing? How you doing? I heard you. How you doing? Oh, we're doing good. I don't think you're taking this seriously enough. When you don't run in fear, people will think you're crazy. Who cares? What's the purpose of fear? Even the doctor, what a dork. What's the point of you being afraid? Every doctor, every study has shown that those who have a positive attitude heal from these things quicker than people who don't. Here we go, Dr. Maddox, because we're not freaking out. Hallelujah. You got to trust God, man. You can't do that as long as you're afraid. You got to shut it off. Look at your worst case scenario. Say, I don't care. I don't care. Whatever you're afraid of right now, that's eating at you right now, you've got to look at it and tell it to shut up. I don't care. Every miracle I've ever had in my life has come this way. I'm going to share with you some stories of of some of the things that we've had. I'll end with one right now. But This is some years ago, back in the early 70s, back when the dinosaurs still roamed the earth. (laughs) He's an old man. Uh, And we were in part of a, 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 a youth ministry group. We traveled all over the United States and Europe. Pastor Joe in Appleton and I and and Deb and his wife, we were all, you know, Joe was the guitar player, I was the piano player, and the girls were the chick singers, you know, and uh, so we did this, and we would go from, you know, we had a big group of people, we went from city to city holding these big meetings and sharing our faith, and thousands of people were coming to know Jesus, it was a very, very cool time. So anyway, on this one trip, we're, we're driving down to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, so we come through Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I was just at. And on the south side of Chattanooga is this place called Lookout Mountain. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the area. But Lookout Mountain is a really steep mountain. Okay. Now, I presume today they have better roads than they had back then. But back then, it was just a two-lane deal. You know, and it's really steep. And we're driving these buses. So we're going caravan style. And I'm the last guy in the caravan. Mistake number one. All right. Mistake number two is all the guys with the money are in the front of the caravan. You know. That's not a good plan. Put them in the back. But we're all driving, and we're driving up this mountain. It's taking because you're just in first gear. You know, it's really steep. And it's just, you know, the, nobody can pass. I'm just long, and you're just taking forever to get up this stupid thing. You know, and chickens and squirrels are passing you. You know, slow down, slow down. Finally, got to the top of the mountain, and then you have. The opposite experience. Ah! I mean, you are screaming down the side of the... And you're riding the brakes. Ah! And on one side is a just sheer rock. And the other side is... Oh! <laughs> they didn't even have, you know, side guardrails. That wasn't until later when somebody figured, you know, we probably should put something there. You know? It's like... Ah! You're driving down this stupid thing and all of a sudden smoke starts pouring out of the engine and I'm blanketed in smoke. I can barely see. This is bad. And I'm going, you know, here's we got rock. We're like, ah! and, and it's like you can pull over. Like, where can you pull over? And, I'm like, ah! and smoke. And I'm looking through the smoke. And finally, a little piece of gravel over on the side will come up ahead. And I quick pulled in. And we stopped. And cars were going past us, coming around you. Zzz, zzz. I mean, it wasn't like you could go out and wave at somebody. You know, zzz. 
So the engine stopped. So we stopped. And I, I get up and I, I look at the engine because I'm a man, you know. It's <laughs> what men do. We look at the engine, right? Of course, I don't know anything about engines, but I'm a man. So I got to look at it. So I'm looking at the engine and. The only thing I know to do is check the oil, you know. So I, <laughs> so I said, well, well I'll, I'll check the oil. I'll check the oil. So, so, so I pulled the dipstick out. There's not a drop of oil in the engine. I don't know how the thing was even running. But that's why all of a sudden it got real hot and started smoking. So, well, this is bad. We don't have any oil. We don't even have any money. Now, this is back... In prehistoric days, there were no cell phones. We had nothing. The only mobile phone you had had a really long line to it, you know. So, I mean, there's no way to contact anybody. You can't even wave at anybody. And the first thing that grabs you is what? Fear. Oh, no, we're stuck up here. We have no money. We'll starve to death. We'll, We'll be eating those chickens that were passing us earlier on the other side of the mountain. You know. I don't know. We'll be stuck. We'll be living in this bus. We'll become hillbillies. I'll I'll be smoking a corncob pipe. My kids will call us Mon Paul. You know, I'm waiting to hear. Oh, good grief. But then you've got to stop. And see, I learned this a long time. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I learned this. What I'm trying to tell you, I learned, thank God, a long time ago is you can't be afraid. And we stopped and said, no. No. I won't be afraid. Of course, all these thoughts go, well, what if you're stuck up here forever? I don't care. What if you gotta learn, learn, gotta, gotta learn how to play banjo? I don't care. <laughs> what if you turn into a hillbilly? I don't care. What if they never find your bodies and they're just, you know, skeletons 10 years from now? I don't care. So I called my wife, and, and there was one other guy, well, there was three of us in the bus. I said, come on, we better pray. So I started praying, Lord, we're stuck up here on this hill. Everybody's gone. I pray, number one, that someone will come back up the mountain to help us. Because you couldn't stop them. On the, they could see us as they went whipping by, but if they wanted to help, they'd have to come all the way back up again. So number one, Lord, send somebody back up. And number two, Lord, I just pray he happens to have some oil. And number three, I pray he'll give it to us because we've got no money. And number four, I was on a roll. Why not keep praying? I pray he gets saved. If someone needs to get saved, they'll get saved. Amen. And I remember giggling and saying, <laughs> be a while before that prayer gets answered, you know. I said, oh, brother, that's not faith. No, it was faith, see, because I wasn't afraid. When you're not afraid, it's easy to automatically just stand in faith. So I, did, I just sat back and I grabbed my Bible. I thought, well, we'll be here for a while. I thought, I'll just start reading. About 20 minutes, all of a sudden, we hear the sound. And this car pulls in front of us. Whoa. And we jump outside. And this young southern guy, he's I don't know, 19, 20 years of age, he steps out. He says, Y'all okay? We said, Yeah. I said, Well, I saw you the first time, but I had to come back up the mountain to see if you all were okay. And I thought. <laughs> so he came, he came over and we both looked at the engine because we're both men, you know. <laughs> he says, What's wrong? I says, I don't have any oil. It's dry. He goes, Wow. He said, I, I got some oil in my trunk. I said, well, we don't have any money. He said, that's okay, I'll just give it to y'all. 
So we put five quarts of oil in the sink. I mean, it was bone dry. Five quarts of oil. And then he gave us the rest of the case. He had a case. Who walks around with a case of oil in their trunk? (laughs) And he gave us the whole case. And he started to leave. I said, hey, hey, just a minute. He said, yes, sir. You know, they're very polite. You know, yes, sir. I said, I said, we're Christians. He he goes, yes, sir. I said, and when this happened, we prayed. and, And we prayed that someone would come back up the mountain to help us. And that they would just happen to have some oil. And that they, they give it to us. And his eyes are big as saucers. And I said, but we prayed something else. He said, what's that? <laughs> he, he said, we prayed be someone who needs to find Jesus. I said, do you know Jesus is your savior? He goes, no, sir. I said, would you like to? He said, yes, sir. <laughs> that was it. No preaching. No Bible verses. No wrestling with him. Just, you want it? Yes, sir. So we got down, we knelt down on the side of this mountain and prayed. And I mean, tears were streaming down this guy's face. And I mean, he lit up like a light bulb. We got up, we hugged each other. Man, I don't even know his name. You know, someday I'll see him in heaven and I'll say, you made it. And I'll go, yes, sir. (laughs) And we got into that bus, we fired it up, we went down. And the rest of the trip, it never burned any more oil. I don't know how it happened. I know why it all happened. But see, now what we could have done is freak. What are we going to do? My wife could have said, you're such an idiot, you know. You should have oil. What what man doesn't have oil? Why can't you not have some oil? You don't know anything about that. Ah, shut up, woman. What's about (laughs) I know I just described half your homes right now. All right? We could have gotten mad. Oh, stupid idiots. Why are they in front? How come they didn't leave the money for us? Bunch of idiots. Bob Quintness organization. <laughs> but at some point you make a choice. Life is full of choices. And you look at it and say, you know, okay, I know. We're idiots. We should have had oil. We don't like it. Look, most miracles happen because you're an idiot at some point. Because you did something, you know. I mean, sometimes not. But most of my miracles came because I'm a moron. The Lord and I are very familiar with this. There's no reason to beat yourself up and get mad. Go, yeah, okay. Oh, well, well. Let's trust God. Well, Pastor, what if that wouldn't happen? Well, I don't know. I'd probably still be on the mountain, man. I don't know. But you can't be afraid. Stop running in fear and learn to start standing in faith. And you do it by saying, God, can deliver me God will deliver me and then look it right in the face and say but even if he does not I do not care I will not bend I will not bow I will not be afraid let's pray Father we thank you for your love and your kindness in our lives and for the truth of your word help us Lord to be people of faith help us Lord to trust you in all things even though we might suffer or be inconvenienced or have difficult times, this does not mean you have left us. Lord, help us to stand in faith, not to run in fear. We trust, O oh God, that you will deliver us out of all of our troubles. But even if you don't, we will not bend. We will not bow. We will not be afraid. Amen.